Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really, government money and government spending is all of our business. And our topic is going to really, really look in a focused way at a spending program that's existed on a federal level that is really quite shocking when you look at the numbers. And, and helping me do this uh, is going to be a reporter from the Washington Post, and she's part of our continuous series we've been doing now for several months where we've been able to get a reporter every week, uh, with rare exception, from the Post. And, and I love the Post. I love the Post. I love the Times. I love, I love the uh, Wall Street Journal, really the three only true newspapers of records, which are newspapers with incredible... Great. Thank you. <laughs> Just do WashingtonPost.com, and we will have a link to our conversation, of course, at PriceOfBusiness.com. Welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your beat, uh, Lisa Rain. Hi. So I Lisa cover... Ryan. Lisa Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. That's fine. Yeah. So I, I normally write about the federal government, and I just kind of dig into agencies that you know where there are interesting stories, and but I do. A fair amount of reporting on the Department of Veterans Affairs because it's so interesting and, you know, affects so many people. So as part of this series we're doing this year on how all of this money that Congress, uh, you know, threw at both, you know, at the economy um, during the pandemic to help us dig ourselves out, there's been really not a lot of attention paid to the money that Congress gave to federal agencies. And almost every agency got a really lot of money. VA, it turns out, got $37 billion, and, which is incredible. And we looked at one, you know, I mean, of that, it's a pretty small, $400 million. But we just decided that we were kind of too overwhelmed at trying to understand how VA, you know, accounted for $37 billion. So we looked at one program um, run out of the Veterans Business, uh, sorry, Benefits Administration, um, that looked at, at career training. The, the idea was that, you know, veterans who were unemployed in the pandemic, uh, who had not already gotten education through the GI Bill, uh, could really use a year of retraining uh, because they, you know, maybe wanted to learn new computer skills, coding skills, um, a whole variety of things. And that's, what, mm -hmm. that's the, the piece we looked at. Yeah, very interesting. And the results were pretty uh, depressing, I think, is an appropriate word <laughs> when I look at the article. Yeah, so, so you know, um, I worked with my colleague, Yig, and it's her body on this. And, you know, she, we, we discovered that there was one school in Illinois that actually Senator Dick Durbin had helped, uh, had really helped publicize this case. This is a for-profit school based in Chicago, uh, that that really had a very checkered history. You know, they had lost their approval under the GI Bill, then they regained it, um, and then, you know, and then they just soon started kind of trying to inhale veterans in this program as soon as they, they realized, you know, that there was money. I think a lot of these for-profit schools see, really see an opening because there's a lot of money in the federal federal money in the veteran space, and in this case, you know there was four hundred million dollars for retraining. So this school, uh, you know, had I think three hundred and twenty veterans who they enrolled very very quickly uh, in this kind of computer training program, 
uh, you know, to teach them skills. But it soon turned out that they, you know, it just was disorganized and, you know, the instructors were disorganized and they couldn't get textbooks and the students, you know, you know, just would enter classes where, you know, the, the syllabus was, was not what they expected and new students were coming in, you know, halfway through the semester and, and the instructor would start the classes all over again. And it was really a problem. And so there were a lot of complaints to VA and someone in, you know, a claims processing center in Oklahoma saw this sudden influx of, of, of enrollees in this school and flagged the state of Illinois, which investigated, uh, you know, and, and they, they basically pulled the school's approval. And that, you know, I mean, the school defended itself and said that, you know, it did the best it could and that it does a really great job. But, you know, I think we, we saw otherwise, but they're going to try to reapply again. And this is kind of, there's sort of this revolving door, uh, you know, for some of these nonprofit schools that, that train veterans. Anyway, long story yes. short is that this school was a problem. 90 schools in total, in, you know, who have approvals to enroll veterans in this program have had their approvals pulled, but not all for the deceptive practices that were involved with this particular one called Future Tech. It's a range of issues. Um, but, uh, you know, it's still a lot of schools. And, and so VA, we, we, you know, VA was, was really quite upfront and I felt pretty transparent, as transparent as they, you know, as they could be with us about some of the problems they're encountering with this program because it's not just the schools, but it's just that they didn't really market it very well. And also, they just haven't gotten the interest that they that they had hoped to. And lawmakers in Congress are pretty, you know, pissed off about this. And they're really struggling to figure out a way forward because right. the program expires in mid-December, which is, you know, three, four months away. And then they've only spent half of the money about, and they're going to have to return whatever they don't use to the Treasury. So you can sort of see that you know, this is a well-thought-out program, but it also mirrored, you know, a similar program with an almost identical name that that VA rolled out during a recession in 2012. So a similar kind of period of stress in the economy where, you know, veterans, you would think were struggling. The problem is by the time this one rolled out, the unemployment rate for veterans is really quite low. 2.7%. So, and you know, businesses want to hire veterans, right? I mean, it's true sure. that we have a labor shortage. So it's not, you know, it, it's really kind of a, a point in time when, ah, when veterans can get jobs. So I don't know. VA is really struggling with this one. And, you know, I, I don't know what their reaction will be to the story. They so, were quite helpful with us. <clears throat> Lisa, you did a great job of stirring the pot. You raised a gazillion questions with a very limited amount of time. Um, very interesting. So, you know, and so when I hear you talk about, what, 2.7% unemployment for veterans, that means yeah. those largely outside of that, uh, you know, a lot of the people outside of that probably have basic mental health needs that need to be addressed before job training. And we know that's ubiquitous in the veteran community. Well, yeah, well, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, there are many veterans with many different different struggles. I mean, you know, VA has a long waiting list that kind of happened in the pandemic. You know, that was really the result of just, you know, the, the kind of the, the system really slowed down because people applying for benefits 
couldn't get examinations from doctors, and you know, VA also is having trouble hiring new claims processors. Now this, I mean, we're digressing, but now this law that the president signed that is going to expand, you know, the kind of conditions that qualify for benefits is going to cause, you know, more of a more of an issue. Um, but you know, there are plenty of veterans who who are working. Some of them getting benefits, some of them not. And, you know, most veterans, you know, really, really are in the workforce and, and, and employers love to hire them. Um, and this program was clearly extremely well-meaning, but, you know, a variety of problems have unfolded with it. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of see where whether VA can right the ship. I'm not sure they really can in such a, uh, a short period that they have left. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting is that uh, – Thanks to your team there at uh, the Washington Post, I've interviewed many reporters with many similar stories about uh, COVID-related relief, you know, to where everyone, you know, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for a car and, uh, you know, for a luxury luxury car, luxury home. Uh, I mean, it, it's incredible, the misuse and abuse. Um, you know, and, and it's really, you know, the old saying about the attraction of other people's money. It seems like uh, when it comes to government, that attitude exists on, you know, in ster- with, on steroids. It's incredible. Well, yeah, it, it, it's kind of a variation on that theme. I mean, the money you're talking about, and that has gotten a lot of attention, you know, from policymakers and in the press. You know, that's the money that Congress approved that went to small businesses. And, yes, there was really a ton of fraud there, and it's really, really unfortunate. Um, here, though, you know, we have a boatload of money. I mean, I don't even know how much, you know, that, as you said, you know, went to the federal government. And we, and that's actually, you know, been just as hard to track. And we have found that no one has really tracked it. And it's hard to get, you know, data from the government on what they did with it. And, you know, VA, uh, I don't know how they spent $37 billion. I really don't. But we we just decided, you know, that, what we could get our arms around was a, a relatively small, you know, piece of, of, of the spending pie. And that's what we tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. Basically in this one example, it looks like about a million dollars per job. Well, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. You mean per, 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 per veteran. I know that's kind of how we were, we were thinking, should we use that number and sort of make that extrapolation the way you have, but we were a little worried about doing it, and we just we just didn't know if that was the right way. But yeah, that is one way to look at it. Yes, so, that's hard to just, I know. justify. And I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud of the VA. I hear you saying that they want to be uh, transparent, and you know, even though they can't, you know, they don't know what their numbers really say. So transparency when you're talking billions of dollars kind of makes you scratch your head. How you know you, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a shell game, yeah. unintended maybe, but it's what it looks like or feels like. But, uh, yeah. I mean, what do, yeah. you see, what do you see happening in this specific program? Kind of give me your thoughts. In, in this program? You know, yeah. I, I don't think anything will happen, sadly. I think VA, you know, they have told us that they're trying to really kind of uh, ratchet up, um, you know, their marketing efforts for VRAP. Um, but the pro- and, and actually what they did say is that a larger number than we reported in our story actually getting jobs have have actually gotten sort of what they call certificates of eligibility, which means that they filled out forms to become eligible for the program, but for whatever reason, and I'm not sure I understand this, 
they haven't yet, you know, actually enrolled. Maybe it's because they got other employment opportunities. I, I don't really know. Um, so my guess, and, and, you know, various members of Congress who are on the relevant committees that oversee VA have had ideas. You know, they've brainstormed and said, look, should we expand the eligibility? Maybe we drew it too narrowly. But what VA has told these members of Congress is, you know what, it's too late. We, we don't, and this is the problem with government, we don't have the bandwidth uh, to, to integrate something new into our very old and, you know, antiquated computer systems, you know, that would, yeah. I mean, so I just, I don't think anything is going to happen. I mean, it's really a bummer. And VA, I don't know, VA just struggles, you know, it's like a legacy organization in so many ways in terms of their business processes. And they're not, they're not very agile, you know, in a lot of ways at kind of doing new things as as, as well-meaning as, as the staff is there, really. Lisa Ryan, she's with the Washington Post. Always enjoy my conversations with the Post. Real quick, cool. final thoughts as we wrap it up. Any takeaways for the listener? Yeah, I mean, the takeaways for the listener are that, you know, we, the one thing I'm really interested in is that, all these federal agencies, Congress gave them so much money to deal with COVID. And, and my suspicion is that there was a lot of waste. There may have been some fraud, but that a lot that, I mean, with the exception of this program, that, that because this was a different struggle that we found, you know, I think that at VA, a lot of the money just kind of was funneled into regular business. You know, they mm-hmm. just said, okay, well, we have all this money, $37 billion, you know, we'll put it toward hospital, you know, costs or whatever. I, I, and I just think that that it's really important for someone out there <laughs> uh, to be tracking all the money that went to the federal government. And it's like this this black hole that is has really not had much oversight, you know, in COVID yeah. money specifically. And Congress, you know, for political reasons, for you know, moral reasons for, you know, I don't know. They just threw so much money at the economy. But, um, you know, the money, I, I will say that, like, the money at these federal agencies, you know, the agencies had no idea what they needed to fight COVID. And, you know, and, and, and I think that, that, that members of Congress just wanted to throw money in a hurry. And that, you know, it was really very hard for anyone to figure out what the agencies would do with the money. And, and, and how much they really needed. Yeah, very good. Not a, not a, a good thing to hear. Very good uh, coverage still, and I really appreciate it. Lisa Ryan, she's with the Washington Post. Love my series with the Post. Make sure you check out WashingtonPost.com if you like really thorough news. Thanks so much for being Thank with you. us. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm bye-bye. Ke- bye-bye. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.